Well, good morning. Very warm welcome to you and well done making it out through the, the rain today. Um, we've had so much sunshine, you almost don't expect it. Uh, well, as we gather to worship God, may you know his loving presence with you as we worship together. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 23 and the Song of Solomon. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn, Come Now is the Time to Worship, Mission Praise number 1040. Let's come now to God in prayer. Let's pray together.
Loving Heavenly Father, we come to worship you today, to declare your praises and to give you thanks for all the many ways that you bless our lives. You are worthy of all praise and honor and glory, for you are our creator and our God who has loved us so much that you have come to us, though we have been weak and sinful and not worthy of your love. Yet because you desire for us to know you and to be made whole by you through your grace and mercy, you have reached out to us through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and lifted us up to be in your presence, accepted through the forgiveness of our sins and made part of your family through the gift of your most Holy Spirit. Help us this day to worship you with all our heart and soul and strength, and to be renewed in our faith and love by your word and your spirit. Forgive us for all the ways that we have grieved your heart by our words and actions, and even in our thoughts have failed to live in love for you and one another. Cleanse us of our sins, and renew a right spirit within us, that we may always live to please you and to bring you glory and honor through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Well, today I brought with me something that I have on my desk in my study at home. And uh, it says, keep calm and pray. And uh, it's quite a good reminder when sometimes things are not going well or, or things uh, under pressure or whatever, um, that we can actually always come to God and uh, he can give us his peace as we just, if you like, offload the things that we are carrying to him. And so that's quite a wee, good wee uh, coaster I've got, keep calm and pray. And, you know, Jesus also told a story that you know, sometimes when we pray, it seems like, well, maybe things don't seem to be changing straight away. Um, but Jesus encourages us to keep praying. And he tells this story uh, of a, a judge in a town and uh, a widow who came for justice. And if we could have the first slide up. So there, there he is. There's this judge in this town. And he, it, we're told, Jesus says that he didn't fear God. And he didn't care what people thought about him. And uh, a widow came to, uh, she, she said to him, um, there's someone who's doing me out of things, to be acting unfairly. I want you to judge for me and to uh, give me justice. But the judge wasn't interested. He said, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do anything. Um, so she went away. She wasn't happy about that. But she kept coming back to the judge and she kept coming back 
And she kept coming back until he got so fed up. He said, well, though I don't fear God, and I don't care what people think about me, yet because this widow is bothering me to the point where I'm, I'm exhausted, I'm going to do what she's asking, give justice to her. And so she, she goes away happy um, that she's finally got justice. And Jesus said, well, that's not what God's like. God isn't like that judge because God will always give you what is right. And he's not slow in answering his children. And so we're always encouraged, Jesus said, to keep praying and not to give up hope. Even when it looks like things are not changing straight away, we're to keep on praying. So we're going to pray now and just thank God for the gift of prayer and the encouragement to keep praying. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that we may come to you anytime, whatever is going on, and know that you will help us. Help us to keep praying and trusting you, know what is best for us. We thank you that we may know you as our friends. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to sing again, and we're going to sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus, uh, Mission Praise 746. And this is about bringing our prayers to, to God, to, to Jesus, and uh, he uh, answers us. So let's, uh, let's worship God as we sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Jesus 
Today, uh, a little bit later on, our, the sermon theme is Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so the focus of our prayers for others this morning and also at our Tuesday evening prayer meeting this week is the persecuted church throughout the world. And to help us to focus our prayers today, we're going to see a short video from Open Doors and there an organization um, set up by um, someone called Br Brother Andrew, who if you've ever read the book God's Smuggler, you'll uh, remember that he uh, many years ago um, helped to take Bibles into places where um, they were officially banned. And um, so Open Doors came from, from his work there, but has over the years developed to support Christians around the world who are being persecuted. So we're going to see a short video now and it's uh, highlighting the, what it um, has found out from research are probably the 10 most dangerous places in the world to be a, a Christian. So the, thank you. What would you dare to do for Jesus? Would you defy dictators? Worship in secret? Sacrifice your safety? Over 360 million Christians around the world face persecution and discrimination every day. And these are the top 10 countries where Christians risk everything for Christ. Number 10, Sudan. Unrest in Sudan has increased following a military coup. Violence and pressure against Christians have worsened. At number nine, Afghanistan. Following the Taliban takeover, those Christians who have not fled the country have been forced deep underground. If discovered, they face death. Iran is at number eight. Iranian house churches are seen as a threat by the Islamist regime. Church members who are caught are given long prison sentences. Number seven, Pakistan. Pakistan's infamous blasphemy laws are often used to target believers. Christian women and girls are vulnerable to kidnap and forced marriage. Nigeria is at number six. More Christians are killed in Nigeria than in all the other countries of the world combined. And the violence is getting worse. Number five, Libya. In this lawless land, both native and migrant Christians are targeted, kidnapped, and even killed. At number four is Eritrea. Christians who dare to meet without official permission risk arrest. Over a thousand believers are in jail without charge. Yemen is number three on the list. The humanitarian crisis continues. Anyone suspected of being a Christian will be deliberately overlooked for aid and might be expelled or killed by their own tribe. Number two is Somalia. 
Islamic militants are intensifying their hunt for Christians, and violent attacks are increasing. And at number one, North Korea, the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. Spies are everywhere. Discovery means death, either by execution or by being worked to death in a labor camp. Despite the danger, in all these countries, the church is not defeated. It is living, powerful, defiant. And for over 65 years, Open Doors has stood with this church. Where Christians risk persecution, our underground networks support millions of believers with emergency food and aid, spiritual care, smuggled Bibles and Christian books, training and legal advice. And where Christians enjoy freedom, we work with local churches to raise prayer and support and to speak truth to those in power. Every day around the world, Christians risk everything to follow Christ. Will you dare to stand with them? Let's uh, bring our prayers for others to God now. Let's pray. Lord God, our Saviour, while we enjoy many freedoms in our land to worship you openly and to live out our faith, we remember before you those who suffer great persecution for following Jesus. We may suffer great hardship, exclusion, and even imprisonment and death whether by the state or the communities around them or even by their own relatives. We remember especially those places that are considered the most dangerous, where there's almost no freedom at all to share the gospel or live openly as a Christian. We thank you that even in these places, your spirit is not bound by human restrictions and that even in the greatest adversity and constraints, men and women have found you and discovered new life in Christ that brings freedom and joy that cannot be suppressed. We pray for those suffering imprisonment, mistreatment and facing death. We ask for courage and the comfort of your Spirit's presence to be known by them. We pray for those who attend underground churches, that they would continue to find ways of sharing the gospel with others. We pray too for those who advocate for greater freedoms for people to practice their faith, that their voices would be heard and greater freedoms given. Teach us to value the freedoms we have and to be faithful in praying and doing what we can to support our brothers and sisters in faith who suffer today. God of all compassion, we bring before you now all those who are on our hearts. For those who are sick, may they know your healing. For those who grieve, may they know your comfort. And for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, 
May they know your peace and provision. Loving and eternal God, we thank you for all who have shared the faith and now live in the joy of heaven. May we live our lives in the love of Christ until we join with all your saints and holy angels in the everlasting praise of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, Amen. Well, we're thinking about people risking all for, for Jesus there. And our next uh, hymn, Jesus Be the Center, is about um, Jesus being that central part of our lives. Mission praise number 1076, Jesus Be the Center. It's, um, it was just a bit overwhelming watching that video uh, because uh, it's just the top 10 countries that are there, but there are many other places where Christians are being persecuted. Right now, even as I speak, over 50,000 people are homeless in the state of Manipur in India, where there is an ethnic clash, a riot going on since the last two months and especially Christians are being targeted and their houses burnt, the churches destroyed. But still, uh, they are, we receive a lot of messages, recordings, asking for prayers. They are still trusting in Jesus as the Savior and not ready to renounce their faith. So let's also have this mind and keep Jesus as the center in all that we do, the way that we live, the way that we go about with our day-to-day -day lives. Jesus, be the center. Let this be our prayer and our cry.
gospel reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, reading verses 10 and 12, 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they are persecuted, the prophets who were before you. Second Timothy chapter 3, reading the first five verses, and then 10 to 17. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, suffering. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. We continue by singing, Be Still My Soul, which is Mission Praise 673.
Let's pray as we come to God's word. Lord God, we thank you that you're the God of hope, that you are the God of life, and that we can know your peace in every situation. Lord, as we think of this theme of persecution for the sake of Christ, we ask that you would encourage us and help us to trust in you always, to know that you are the God who gives consolation, that you are the God who gives eternal reward. So we ask that by your Spirit you would speak to us now and show us all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few weeks ago we began looking at the Beatitudes of Jesus, the values of God's kingdom, which look very different from the world's values. And the first Beatitude tells us that the starting point to receive God's blessing is to recognize our own spiritual need before God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so to receive the blessing of belonging to God's kingdom, we need to recognize our need for forgiveness and the gift of everlasting life through faith in Jesus. Well, the last beatitude in Matthew 5, verse 10, which expands into verses 11 and 12, ends with the same promise as the first beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, as we've noticed before, what God sees as a blessing isn't necessarily what we might have put or chosen on our list of ways to receive blessing. Maybe we would have put, blessed are those who are popular, who people like. But what we find instead seems quite the opposite. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Well, it's important to, to note at the outset three very important words, because of righteousness. Because Jesus isn't teaching us that we're going to be blessed about, by being persecuted for doing something wrong, for saying or doing something that's against God's commands to love him with all our heart and soul and mind and to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is about being persecuted for doing something right, for following God's ways, for speaking and living in obedience to God and his word we're following the direction of God's Spirit and living out our faith in Jesus. It might be sometimes that we get the impression that if we try and do everything right, that people will all like us or respect us. But while some people will appreciate it when we live God's way of love, others will want to oppose us or give us a hard time. Some may even persecute us for our faith. The level and type of persecution we might face for following God's ways will be different depending upon where we live and the people that we live with. But the Bible is very clear that persecution is something that comes as part and parcel of our faith. Speaking to his disciples in Matthew 5, verse 11, Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you, 
persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against, um, against you because of me. And notice that Jesus says, when, not if, people persecute you. And then the Apostle Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, who was a, a young church leader in the first century, he also says plainly in chapter 3, verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And the Apostle Peter also writes that we shouldn't be surprised if we face trials and testing of our faith, but that we can see it as something to encourage us that we are following our Lord and his sufferings. And Peter writes in his first letter, chapter 4, verses 12 to 16, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of, of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Well, there is a, a rich hist history of God's people that reminds us a heritage that of following God's ways also involves an element of suffering and persecution. We have it through the history of, of God's people. We can see it in the present day, as we've, as we've uh, looked at uh, just a few minutes ago, how Christian values and lifestyle are often rejected or opposed openly, and in many places people's faith in Jesus as Lord can mean threats, imprisonment, and even death. But going back through the centuries, if we look in Hebrews chapter 11, we have a, a roll call, if you like, of the heroes of faith in the Old Testament. And we're reminded that they suffered for following God. And it often led to persecution, ill treatment, and death. And so if we're living to follow our Lord, living out our faith, we're not to be surprised that if we sometimes face criticism or opposition or persecution of one form or another. Jesus tells us to expect it as part of the cost of being his follower. However, it's not that we are to seek persecution in order to be blessed. That's not what Jesus is saying. Rather, persecution comes to us as we seek to follow God's ways of righteousness. It's a side effect, if you like, of living for Jesus in a world that wants to go a different way. Some form of opposition is inevitable. But the question is, if we accept that persecution and opposition to us for being Christians at various times is part of being a Christian, how should we approach these things when we do face this opposition and persecution? How should we respond so that we may receive the blessing that God intends for us? 
Our Lord Jesus says that we are to rejoice, as we read in Matthew 5:13. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, the reasons we're to rejoice are twofold. First of all, because Jesus says that God will reward us for being faithful to him through the trials and persecutions that we face in life. Now, this reward may not come to us in this life, but there's a promise of an eternal reward in heaven for those who are faithful through suffering for their Lord. Now, while we might not fully appreciate this now, we can imagine the great comfort that this brings to those who are imprisoned, who face death for their faith, because they know that even through the door of death, their Lord will be waiting to welcome them into the joy of heaven as good and faithful servants. Secondly, we may rejoice through suffering for our faith, Jesus says, because it shows that we belong to God's people and that we belong to him. Jesus says, in the, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Or as Peter also states in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 16, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. If we choose the way of God's love, even though opposed, we reflect the love of God and the character of Christ Jesus our Lord. For Jesus endured the cross, we're told in Hebrews 12 too, for the joy set before him. That was the joy of knowing that by going to the cross, by suffering, by being persecuted, he was making a way for us to be saved from our sins and find new life as members of God's family, God's family of faith. When we suffer for our faith then, we're joining in God's work through his son of bringing the gospel of forgiveness and hope and new life to the world. Now, that's all very well. You might be thinking at this point, but what if I don't feel like rejoicing and being glad when people are giving me a hard time for my faith because it can really hurt when people say and do things against us? Well, it's certainly true that going through trials and times of testing aren't easy. We might not be feeling much love in our hearts towards those who persecute us. The command to rejoice, however, is actually a decision that we make. While happiness comes about when good or nice things happen to us, rejoicing is a decision we make to give thanks and praise to God whatever is happening to us. Paul was well practiced in this because he had lots of persecution for the sake of sharing the good news of Jesus. And he mentions this in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Speaking to Timothy, he says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch. 
Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Paul found that even though he suffered persecution, which included being beaten or stoned for sharing about Jesus, God always rescued him. He learned that he could rely on God to help him through and that God um, was with him. And so that was certainly a reason that he could rejoice and give thanks to God. He knew God was faithful to him. However, Paul also knew the power of forgiving and praying for those who persecuted him. He learned firsthand the power of Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5, 44 to 45. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. The first time that we meet Paul in the New Testament, when he was still called Saul, was at the stoning to death of Stephen, the first Christian to be killed for his faith. And we read in Acts chapter 7 from verse 57, this account of Stephen's death. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, who were told approved of this. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so Stephen, just at the moment before he went to be with his Lord, prayed for his persecutors. He asked God to forgive them. And that, power, that prayer was a powerfully answered in Saul's life because after Saul met the Lord Jesus on the road to, the, to Damascus and became Paul the apostle to the Gentiles, when he was taking the good news of Jesus far and wide on his missionary journeys around the Mediterranean, whenever Paul faced persecution, he could remember Stephen's prayer for him, a prayer of forgiveness for someone who had persecuted Stephen to death. And having received the grace and mercy and forgiveness of the Lord himself, Paul then knew that he had to be willing to forgive those who came against him to persecute him. That was going to be part and parcel of his ministry, of his life. And so with us too, however difficult we might find it, we are also commanded to forgive as we've been forgiven and to pray for those who persecute us. Because we don't know what effect that will have on them. And often, if you read the lives of people who became Christians, it was through the persecution of someone else who prayed for them that they saw that God's love was real. And in that way, we also follow in the footsteps of our Lord who died to save even those who rejected him and caused his suffering because of God's love, which is for all of us. 
For when we forgive and pray for those who oppose us because of our faith, we're demonstrating the love of God who wants everyone to receive the blessing of life forever in the kingdom of heaven. Just a couple more things to say before we leave this beatitude and the beatitudes we've been looking at. We don't seek persecution, but we're to seek God's way of righteous living. And in order to do that, we need to keep listening and learning from God's word. That's Paul's instruction to Timothy. Keep going in what you've learned from God's word and keep learning because as he says in verses 3, 16 and 17 of 2 Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God wants to speak words of encouragement and comfort and challenge to us. He wants to guide us and direct our steps in the right way, the way of life. So we need to keep coming to listen and find strength and direction from him. Then when we do find ourselves facing opposition for our faith, we're to keep listening to his word of truth to be listen to what he says and not what the voices around us are saying so that we are equipped for every good work that he has for us to do finally as we remember how many are suffering persecution for their faith in Jesus near and far let's remember that we also have a responsibility to pray for and to support our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we're all part of one body of Christ. And if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Remembering also that we live in a world where the spiritual forces of darkness oppose and stir up persecution against God's people. There's a great need for us to pray and to keep praying for all who suffer trials and testing in the body of Christ, wherever they may be. And that's why Paul instructs us in Ephesians six eighteen, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Jesus teaches us the way of God's blessing. It's not an easy way, but it's the way of everlasting life. But he also promises to be with us every step of the way. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, you remind us that you are faithful to us through all times of life and that even in times of testing, of persecution, you are faithful to us and uphold us. Help us, Lord, to be faithful in our prayers for others, 
for those who are suffering in different parts of the world and those known to us. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to learn the way of the cross, to learn the way of forgiveness, and to pray for those who oppose us. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to always be those who are willing to share the love of Christ. Almighty Father, we thank you for the great sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life to bring us into your presence through the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of life by your Holy Spirit. So we ask this day that you would accept all our gifts and offerings for the work of your eternal kingdom of light. And may our lives be living sacrifices dedicated for your service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Amen. We close our time of worship as we sing, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, Mission Praise number 1259. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, O my soul, I worship Your holy
bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and look kindly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Amen.